This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, you boys and girls out there. Another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined, as always, <laughs> By Matthew, oh. it's all gravy, baby bets. <laughs> We're in a mood today, huh? We are in a you mood today. What a, what, a, what a great day it is. It's uh, Friday. It's the end of the work week. Everyone's cruising into the weekend. I am in a great mood, Kyle. Um, we're going to announce some fun stuff on the show today. So I'm, I'm overall in a very good mood. I will say, just quick to everyone out there, um, I apologize. Uh, I'm a little cold. And if anyone... Or not, I'm cold. I have a cold. <laughs> I'm doing quite well from a temperature standpoint. But I have a cold. Um, and if anyone out there has kids you know there's approximately a 99.9% chance you will get sick if your kids are sick. So here I am with a little bit of a cold. So if I sniffle or cough or clear my throat, I just apologize in advance. And I just want to apologize for Matthew Betts on the podcast if he sounds like this. <laughs> I can't wait for the negative reviews. They're going to be great. People are so no, nice. I lost it at the, be- at the beginning of this intro. You know, I, I'm pretty cool, pretty calm, collected guy. Uh, one, you we're drinking the same thing from you know thousands of miles away are uh lime lacroix not a sponsor but could be a sponsor later on the show um and then jeremy aka al borland our producer here uh he's good at his job he's so good at it that he can just let this thing run and leave the room but uh yeah i it's it's a friday show so for you and i end of the week there's some fun shenanigans and we have a lot of fun stuff we get to announce on this show uh including a little contest that you and I kind of teased on Twitter. So I'm going to, I'm going to give a little horn here. Is that what you wanted? You wanted a little horn? Yeah. For Mike. Thanks Mike. We appreciate that. Yeah. Mike, Mike, why don't you do that again? Yeah. Bets. Why don't you tell the people what you were giving out on Twitter earlier this week? Yeah. We, uh, we ran a little contest, just a, a fun promo giveaway for a DFS pass subscription for the rest of the season. And you might think like, okay, cool bets. Like it's week 14, dude. Like the season's almost over. Uh, no, sir. We go through the playoffs through the Super Bowl. So a couple months left. And the winner of this Twitter giveaway was Justin Lundstrom Woo-hoo! at FF underscore Justin L on Twitter. Thank you for entering for everyone that did. Uh, Justin, just reach out to me via, via DM on Twitter. I will let you know how to get access to that. But Kyle, that's not all, man. We're not done giving stuff away. Why don't you tell the people about what's next? Yeah, we've got a couple other giveaways, including something that, man, we're giving away something in the playoffs that you don't even know about. We talked about yesterday in studio that I was just, wow, this is what we're doing. Okay, this is what we're doing with the podcast. So this next week, we will be giving away another free DFS pass to anyone that leaves a rating or review on Apple Podcast. We will announce the winner on Tuesday's show. So, you know, it's it's fun. 
If you've listened to this show, it's given you some value. If you've enjoyed any of our sponsors this year, you know, our, our high, high-end sponsors, especially for Slate Breakers, leave us a review, give us five stars, let us know what you like about the show, if it's helped you with DFS. But honestly, Betts, this, this is the big announcement. This is the big little tease, and we'll talk about it more next week. So one more little Mike Horn. Thank you, Mike. Um, and the big news is I'm going to see you. I'm going to meet you for the first time. You're so lucky, dude. You are such a lucky person. <laughs> yes, I will be boarding a plane on Wednesday of next week, traveling out to Arizona, spending about five days with you and the crew. Getting to work in person will be fun. We'll do our show in person. But uh, we have a little event planned for Friday, the 16th of December. Do we do we give out the full details now or do we wait? I don't know what to do. I, I think what people just need to know is whatever you're doing on your calendar next Friday... December 16th, my mother's birthday, okay? Oh, This is perfect. what I'm doing what on my mother's birthday. I know. This is what I will be doing is uh, having a little get-together, and Bets and I will be live. That's what we'll tell you right now, so just clear your calendar around lunchtime next Friday. Uh, we were trying to talk about in the studio what it's like for Bets and I. We'll come up with a couple other metaphors earlier, you know, later this week, but Schneider, our development guy, said this is kind of like love is blind. You know, you've had this long relationship. You've never met in person. Uh, like the Netflix show, and then you get the reveal. So then you get to figure out if I'm really as ugly as I look right now on the screen, Bets. I'm going to show up, meet you in person, and be like, you know what? I don't really like Kyle that much. I've been spending a <laughs> Let's lot of time. just keep it the way it was. <laughs> I mean, he might be, other than your girls in your life, right? Like your two, your two twin girls and Monica. Like, I mean, I'm up there in terms of importance, in terms of time spent with somebody. And You're maybe top I'm five, just, dude. Maybe I'm not the real deal. Maybe I just not. I don't look the same, but... Yes. We'll find out. <laughs> we will get to record our show in person next week, and then we'll do a live event next Friday. So look out on social media, um, but we have lots of chances this next week to give away some DFS pass, which 66% off right now. Um, still just the price is going down, and I think our picks, DraftKings, FanDuel, Pace of Play, our best plays is what people are finding a lot of value in. So I, I, it's good stuff here. But let's move on to our cash picks for week 14. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Do you have a certain feel for week 14 with cash? Because I'm not impressed. I'm not saying I hate it, but I'm just not impressed. Like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do everywhere. It's going to be gross. That's how I feel. Uh, The cash article, by the time you're listening to this, is up in the DFS pass for Kyle on FanDuel and for me on DraftKings. And a couple of the names in there, I'm not going to lie, I was typing in like mid-sentence, I would just stop and be like, do I really want to do this? That's the slate, right? We have 10 games. We talked about it on Tuesday, just overall context. Six teams on a bye, including no Chargers, no Dolphins, teams we love to play. Six of the 10 games have a total below 44 points, so we're going to get gross players in these games, and only two games are in a dome. One of those is Dallas and Houston, and a couple of the values on Houston, like Nico Collins didn't practice again on Thursday, so... There's going to be some gross punt wide receivers, which makes me kind of want to try to build a balanced team rather than try to spend up for one or two studs like we've been doing in the past and then spend down elsewhere. So I think my lean right now is to go balanced, but it's I think there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable lineups on this slate. Yeah, I think we'll talk about running backs that you can have a balanced three running back build this week because of the values in the 6K range. I mean, that's just, I would say that's our bread and butter for building cash lineups is finding those running backs with great workloads and great game environments at that 6K range. So I think we have a couple this week that I like. And yeah, you're going to see some builds that have thinner plays at wide receiver. And then we'll talk about some tight ends. Like, can you go down to, you know, Chigo Conquo? Or can you go to Daniel Bellinger? Or some people might do Mitchell Wilcox, wherever it is. We'll talk about those punt plays in a second. But at quarterback, I, I'm not settled. I usually... I'm settled on a Thursday or Friday. And right now, my favorites are Joe Burrow at 7K on DraftKings and Jared Goff at 5.6. Depending on how my lineup works out, if we get any value, like I think Burrow's a much better play. But it's a great spot for Goff, and I feel like his floor is super high at home. It is, yeah. I mean, the splits are crazy right at home. He's averaging basically two and a half touchdown passes per game, 270 yards. And the matchup is incredible against Minnesota. And, you know, we talk about slate context. This is one of those dome games, so no weather concerns. 
and it's the only one north of 50. So when you talk about game environment and getting access to this game environment, it makes a lot of sense, especially at 5.6K for cash games. So I don't hate it. I do think he will be relatively popular as like a, a stacking quarterback because of the game environment. But he's at home. His playmakers are, are back. You know, DJ Chark also is, is kind of getting more healthy. Um, we another deal with Amon Ra. DeAndre Swift's getting work out of the backfield again. So his guys are healthy. And he's been good at home. So I really can't poke any holes in it, especially at that price tag. If anyone wanted to go down and punt there, I would have no issues with that at all. And then pay-up option, I think Jalen Hurts is my favorite 8.1 on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's actually in my lineup right now at 8.8. So any other options that you think, like Tyler Huntley is going to show up in a lot of optimals this week. 5.5, we get a rushing floor, but... I have the Steelers defense in my lineup. We talked about that on Tuesday. So what is your feeling on Huntley? Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think makes a lot of sense when you just look at the math. But then you think about the risk that's associated with it, and there is some. I mean, the Steelers have been pretty good on defense since TJ Watt got back in the lineup. They're top 13 in pressure rate and seventh in DBOA in the last month with him in there. So the Steelers defense is not as bad as what they were early in the year. Um, You know, shocker with TJ Watt back. They're better. And Huntley is a guy that's going to take sacks and throw picks. Probably he did that in his starts last year, despite the rushing. So it's tricky. I don't want to play him against Pittsburgh defense. If you need to save the extra hundred dollars to go down to him over uh, Jared Goff, I'm not going to poke any holes in that either. I just think you don't necessarily have to go there on the slate, despite the fact that he is going to run the football. Yeah, I he's interesting. We saw a ceiling game or two last year, but the floor is terrible. Like you know, three turnovers kind of stuff. Last one I want to name is Geno Smith. His price just, I feel like he should be like 6'8 or or even higher because of how efficient and how awesome he's been. They're also letting him throw on first down at an insane rate. He has the highest completion percentage on first down in the league. It's it's like they trust him, and if these running backs, we don't know what to do yet. Like on, on our Thursday recording, I have no idea who the running back is, and I honestly don't want to chase whoever that running back is. Travis Homer... DJ Dallas, Tony Jones Jr., whoever. So Gino at 6.2, is that on your radar? Yeah, I love Gino in this spot, actually. We talked about him a little bit on Tuesday's show. Um, and, you know, like you said, with the running back situation, they're already, uh, they're number two in the last month, a pass rate over expectation. Wouldn't it make sense for them to just lean into that even more and say, Gino, throw the ball 35, 38 times in this game against Carolina? It's a good matchup. They're at home. His guys are healthy. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, he obviously has been so efficient, but there's not just the floor that he has with the completion rate and his guys. There's been so much ceiling with the 15 plus yard completions. And they've got, you know, he's got 19 plus DK points in five straight games. So you kind of know what you're getting. 18 feels like the floor with a ceiling of 28, 29 any week with Gino. So I love him in the spot. 6.2K. I agree. He should be much higher. Yeah. So just to recap, love Hertz as an elite option. Burrow's kind of the next step down. Gino's another step down. And then we love Goff down there at 5.6. So, I, yeah. Is your lean, real quick, Kyle, to move, to move, before we move on, is your lean to play Burrow over Gino right now? Um, So I've been kind of feeling out how I want to play the rest of my Bengals. And that kind of leads into our conversation about running backs because Joe Mixon returned to a full practice on Wednesday at 6.9. This is the run funnel matchup, which we'll talk about later. So my lean right now, when I was just building earlier, is to not play Burrow and to play Mixon in the lineup and either get to Goff or Geno. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I right now lean Geno over Burrow just for saving $800. And because even with P. Ryan projected to probably mix in a little bit, you know, Mixon to me still is a good play at below 7K, 6,900 on DraftKings. So I went back and looked at the numbers, basically before injury. So weeks one through nine, then they were on by, and then he left early because of the concussion, then missed two games. So weeks one through nine, when he was healthy, he was averaging 22.2 total opportunities. Even if you say, okay, P. Ryan's been so good that they have to give him more work. Even if Mixon gets, let's say like 16 touches, don't you think that's probably enough in this game environment? They're at home against Cleveland. We'll talk about the matchup later. It's just one of the best, you know, ever basically for Cleveland's run defense are so bad. So I think I'm okay to take some risk with the P Ryan stuff and play Mixon. What about you? I, I'm totally fine with it. I've kind of went back and forth and just at the price point at 6.9, I think that the reward outweighs the risk where I think 15 plus fantasy points is, is on the table and then he can have a two touchdown game. 
So, yeah, when we talk about that, we'll talk about how to stack that game and the different routes. So um, right now my lean is to play Mixon and then use some Burrow stacks in tournaments and uh, do my little happiness hedge there. The other 6K running backs I like, Tony Pollard, 6.7, Miles Sanders, 6.2, and then a little bit lower, DeAndre Swift, who popped up in the injury report at 5.8. Talk to me about that tier of running backs. Yeah, I love Pollard. I'm with you. Even with the split with Zeke, uh, you know, he's been a guy that they both can get there because the matchup is so good. 17-point favorites. They're at home. Davis Mills, back in the lineup. Welcome back, Davis. Uh, Nico Collins is hurt, and so is Brandon Cook. So good luck against Dallas. So it's not hard to see them saying, okay, you know, here's 15-plus touches for both of you guys, Zeke and Pollard, and the matchup is so good. We know Pollard's efficient. So right now I have him in at 6.7K. I love him. I talked about Miles Sanders a little bit on Tuesday. I'm okay with it. It's just that, you know, like the matchup's good for both the passing and the rushing game for Philly. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hurts just is insanely efficient. You know, he steals some goal line work and that sort of thing. I will have exposure to Sanders in this game, whether it's in cash or GPPs. I just don't think you have to have him in cash for me. So right now, I love Mixon. I love Pollard. And then DeAndre Swift was a guy that I was going to come on here and talk positively about and be excited because of his usage last week finally off the injury report saw his most opportunities of the entire season last week but he's back on the injury report and i'm not saying he won't play it's just that makes me a little cautious we'll see what happens with, on friday with his final injury report if he gets removed then yes let's go green light but it's a little risky that said the game environment's great he's going to catch the football we know that and 5.8 is not uh terribly expensive you know for cash games two fan duel salary standouts that I, I've just had in my lineup the whole week. So Pollard is too cheap on FanDuel at 7.5 and CMC is cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. So I will be willing to pay up for him on there. I will be willing to pay up for Derrick Henry, who's 9,000 on FanDuel. Uh, I'm fine with either of those. Any thoughts about Henry this week against Jacksonville at home where he's, you know, erupted a couple different spots where he's just gone bananas. Yeah, I mean, he's quietly been kind of bad from an efficiency standpoint, you know, over the last month or so, like less than three yards of carry. So I don't know what it is, you know, whether it's just he's kind of hitting this point of his career or if it's just, you know, bad matchups or what. But the efficiency hasn't been there. That said, if the field is not going to go there, we know the ceiling with Henry any given week. He's at home. You think about the Jaguars, you just picture in your head the stiff arm right on Thursday night football and him going crazy so we know he can get it done in this matchup um and you know with Traylon Burks in concussion protocol there's a chance they say okay like Tannehill's by the way Tannehill's also injured left ankle injury if that's all you know part of the equation they say our quarterbacks hurt we're down our top wide receiver like here's 30 touches Derrick Henry in a tournament if people are off of that I'm interested I personally will not be going there on DraftKings given the pass catching stuff but again our rule of thumb for the last two or three years, which has been pretty successful is if Henry is not being played in tournaments, you want to at least take a shot. So I will be doing that if the field is not. Yeah. And FanDuel he's in my cash lineup, but I think it's a different conversation on DraftKings. I would agree at wide receiver. We talked a little bit about the Jacksonville options last week. Are you a little worried that Trevor Lawrence wasn't seen at practice? In fact, the uh, blurb said that his toe was not seen at practice. Uh-oh. Uh, so he's got a hidden toe. Still got to figure out how that's that's working out. But Christian Kirk, 6.6. I like Zay Jones. I was off this past week when it was cool. But now it's not cool. Not as cool. So Zay Jones, 4.7. I'm into that. Yeah, I mean, Zay Jones is one of those guys that you know what you're getting, or, or you don't know what you're getting, rather, <laughs> because it's so inconsistent. Like, the floor is five points any week, right? He's played a ton in his career in the NFL. He has, I think I looked back, it's like two or three games over 100 yards in his entire career. So, like, is he ever going to break the slate? I don't think so, except for he did it once this past <laughs> two weeks ago. So, you know, the matchup's just incredible, especially for perimeter wide receivers is really where Tennessee is getting killed. Now, that said, this conversation means nothing to me if it's not Trevor Lawrence. I don't think I can play these guys if it's C.J. Beathard personally. So I need Lawrence to be in there for these guys. But again, I wrote Zay Jones up in the DFS pass as a DraftKings play because it's a pricing thing and it's a slate issue, right? Like we talked about it. The, the games are gross. We don't have a lot of our favorite teams here. It's tough. So at 4.7, I understand it for sure. Obviously, if you're making me pick, I would choose Christian Kirk 10 out of 10 times. That said, He's 6.6K. He's not cheap over on DraftKings. Yeah, the, the prices have changed enough where 
I'm okay going Jones because we're probably paying up for Amon Ra yet again. Oh, brother. We're not probably doing this. He's We're smashing the button to get him in our lineup. He's good at the game. I'll say that. He's very been very good. <laughs> very good. Um, very good. Garrett Wilson, another play that we talked about, and it's just going to keep me in your lineup. Tyler Lockett, 6.5. If you're sta- Would you stack Geno and Lockett in cash? Yeah, I'm fine with that. We're going to talk a lot about Mr. Lockett later in the show. Oh, I like it. Uh, I see we have a punt play in here, and I don't hate it. Kendall Hinton at 3.4. Uh, obviously, if you're playing Kendall Hinton, you're not playing Greg Dulcich in your cash lineup, but are you saying that one of those Broncos might have some value? I think so. I mean, Cortland Sutton's not going to play with the hamstring issue, which opens up a lot of usage. And, you know, teams are throwing on Kansas City at the third highest rate because it's Pat Mahomes. You have to throw if you want to have any chance. And I'm not saying it'll be efficient. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm not saying you should watch the game. But hopefully, if you're playing one of these guys, you look back, you know, on Sunday evening and you're like, oh, sweet. There was 11 points from Kendall Hinton this week. Like, that's kind of what I'm looking for in this range. He's 3.4K. He's going to play a ton of snaps, run a ton of routes. You know, he's a questionable NFL talent, but that's the slate and you got to save money somewhere. So, yes, I'm with you, though. I would not be playing both these guys together. I think there's just too much inherent risk in rostering two Broncos, um, especially one of them. that's a tight end. We know just in general is is not reliable. Uh, my lean right now is to play Greg Dulcich over Kendall Hinton, but I just wanted to provide him as an option for people to punt at wide receiver if they need it. Yeah. And let's just say maybe in the mailbag section, we might be talking about that game and we might be talking about Russell Wilson in a positive light. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. boy. All no, right, I'm buckle ready. up. I can't wait. I'm ready for that section. I was primed. Uh, Justin Jefferson on both sites is somebody that you can pay up for. Like, he's my, maybe not to the extent, last week, Devontae Adams was that play that you and I were like, I'm going to be playing him in GPPs, and if you wanted to pay up in cash, do it. Just do it. I don't mind that on FanDuel at 9,300 on DraftKings 9,000. I don't know if there's quite the value to be able to get there, but he's great. T. Higgins at 7.8 is also a great value. Um, I think those are the main guys. We'll share more of our pool in our articles and in our best plays later on in the week. At tight end, we mentioned Greg Dulcich, TJ Hawkinson, 5.1 is a little bit more expensive in a revenge game. And then talk to me about Chiga Conquo, the Titans rookie tight end. Yeah, super athletic guy, can create after the catch, quietly has 30-plus yards in five straight games, which at 2.7K, like, you'll take. Um, And last week, season high in snaps, 58%, and a 78% route rate, which he was the primary beneficiary of Traylon Burks going out with concussion. It wasn't Westbrook Akine or any of those guys. It was actually the tight end. So the Jags have allowed the six most yards to tight ends. We should not be shocked if he all of a sudden comes out and airballs here, but you trust the trends, you trust the athleticism, and... You know, if he's not going to be played in tournaments, like as a punt option, I don't hate that either. So I don't know that I'm locking him in in cash, but at 2.7K, like if he lets you get to, you know, Mixon and all these other guys, then I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. On FanDuel, also throw out Daniel Bellinger at 4,800. He's also somebody that's interesting. If you want to punt the position, you can do worse than that. And then I'll just say the Muth, 5.8 on FanDuel is another great value. At defense, I think you can play either the Ravens or the Steelers on FanDuel, and then the Steelers on DraftKings at 2.8 are my top play. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Steelers quite a bit. We talked about them a little bit with the splits with Watt in the lineup. I'm not sure this is a cash play per se, but I will have exposure to the Niners defense in tournaments at 3.2K. Only the Houston Texans have a lower team total right now than Tampa, which tells you all about you need to know about their offense currently and the injuries on the offensive line are really what we're targeting here with an immobile quarterback. Tom Brady quietly playing some of the worst football of his career, dare I say. So I don't mind targeting that. And then I'll also just say like, I always hate paying up for defense. How do you think the field is going to handle the Cowboys at 3.8 at home against Davis Mills with no wide receivers? I was literally about to ask you that same exact question before we Perfect. On. So um, I asked you first though, so you got to answer. So on FanDuel, they're 5,200, which is you're basically wow. <laughs> paying for a wide receiver. Um, I could see on FanDuel and cash people paying for it because the salary is a little bit softer that you're just saying like, hey, I'm going to punt, you know, let's say you punt a tight end uh, and you, you know, Daniel Bellinger at 4,800. Like, I don't mind paying the Cowboys 5,200. Like, that's that's a totally fine price. 
it's not something that I will be doing on DraftKings at all in cash. Just not something I want to pay for. Uh, in tournaments, I don't know. Like Mike and I have them in our redraft league. What do you think their floor is this week? The, the Cowboys defense points. I mean, number one pressure rate. Davis Mills was benched for Kyle Allen. He has no wide receivers on the road. I mean, seven points, eight points. I don't know. This is this is Little Giants, like the movie Little Giants, <laughs> like to a T. Yes. You know, sub out. You know, Texans Giants, but like, I feel bad. Like I act. I honestly feel pity for the Texans in this game. And I did look up the stats, like 90% of teams that have been a 15 or plus favorite over the last decade have won, but only 51% of them have covered. So the line is, is huge. It's humongous. It's now at 17. It's probably going to keep going with all this injury worry. But I mean, I think that it's a mistake to chase a defensive thing if they're going to gain some teams. So I think the field is going to play them more than they should. I think that's a great point. And this comes back to showdown too. Like if people play showdown, defenses are always over roster because people think they can predict when the big games are going to come. And, you know, obviously there's like, this is the most classic matchup ever for that to happen. But we say it every week, like there's no real strong correlation between salary and performance. So if the Cowboys give you eight, but the Steelers give you seven and you save a thousand dollars, the Steelers are a better play, right? So I'm with you. I think I'll let the field dictate how I handle them. If they are elevating a roster percentage, I am off of it. I will probably try to find, though, one lineup to get up to them if the field is not on them in tournaments. Yeah, and just keep in mind, we have a ton of games that have super low totals. So it shouldn't be a shock that there are other defenses on this slate that can score 15-plus points. Um, you know, like, it's 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 totally possible. So, you know, probability-wise, yes, the Cowboys are the best defensive play if salary weren't a thing, but it is a thing. And I want to be able to pay up for players that can get bonuses like defenses don't get 300 yard bonuses or 100 yard bonuses like you know you're, you're lucky to get a defensive touchdown all right let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're going to talk about three games here in a second, but is it kind of a sad thing when you look at this slate and you go, hey, um, even the best game, the totals dropped today uh, a point, and we don't have we only have one over 47. So are you just like, hey, where, where are the like stacking options this week? This is what we talked about on Tuesday, right? We said game stacks, I think, on this slate are not as important as they are on other slates. And what we mean by that is, you know, when you have three to three to five games that are in the range of like 48 to 54 points every week, you can try to identify which game is going to go bonkers. This slate feels relatively straightforward, but if the Vikings and Lions game fails, there's a lot of opportunity to get different and create leverage in the field. So I think this is one of my favorite slates of the year because it's not so straightforward and there's not a lot of games that can compete with these ones. So if this one fails, then we could see some low scores win. We could see less than quote-unquote optimal DFS game stacking win. So I'm more putting stock into teams that I trust that have high totals versus a full game stack, in my opinion. All right. Let's talk about how we're going to stack this. Stack attack. Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are two-point favorites. It's gone back and forth between two, two and a half. And the line is at 52 and a half. I've seen some places it's dropped all the way to 51. So uh, there's a lot to like about this game. If you like these teams, if you're a Vikings fan or for some reason, if you're a Lions fan, I have to assume that your blood pressure, your your heart has some long-term issues here. Like the, the Vikings were the <laughs> one-score team last year, and this year they're 9-0 in one-score games. The Lions are 3-5. and five, So... There's a lot to like here in week three when they played these teams combined for 52 points and 143 combined plays. So 
from a pace standpoint, this is a game. This is the game from a total standpoint, but from a pace standpoint, we love it. Yeah, and speaking specifically to the Vikings, you know, I know you put this in your uh, pace of play article. Which, by the way, people, you got to read that. Like as your primer for the week, that helps me so much. So, hat tip to you, Kyle. Great article. Um, fourth highest pass rate when they're losing, which makes sense. When teams lose, they throw more, but also second highest when they're leading. So, we know the pass rate over expectation will be there for Kirk Cousins and his guys, which will help to elevate the overall game environment we think on the slate. So I will have interest in Kirk Cousins' double sacks in tournaments. To me, if he is helping provide a GPP winning performance, there's no way it's happening without Justin Jefferson. So I'm setting a rule. If I'm playing Kirk Cousins, I'm playing him with Justin Jefferson on the slate. So that's you know one that I think might go a little overlooked because Goff is the quote-unquote cash play this week. So I'm interested in Kirk Cousins in a dome here in the spot. What about you? Yeah, on DK, I, I like this spot for him. I usually, you know, Kirk Cousins at home is usually something I target more, but in a dome, I just kind of say it's it's net neutral, whatever. Uh, I think this game gets there. I was looking at the game flow. It gets there if the Vikings get out early and they keep throwing, and then we see the Lions have to battle back. Like, they've had games like that, uh, what was it, week one against your Eagles, where they're like, okay, right. they storm back, and we got to see a ton of volume. I'm worried if it goes the other way. Um, that's always the thing I bring up with the Lions. Like they want to sit on a lead and they want to run the ball. So that's my only worry. If I were to take the under, that would be the route. But I do like double stacking Kirk Cousins because he doesn't run the ball. You can get a 300-yard game. And because you get leverage on Jared Goff being a bit too popular, I get it. And I might be playing him in cash. But um, Dalvin Cook might get overlooked on this slate. And on DraftKings, I love the price, but since week nine, Detroit is quietly second in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So is Dalvin one of those GPP plays that you can get some leverage on the field? I think so. I mean, the matchup on paper looks awesome because when you look at their season-long metrics, the Lions have been terrible. When you zoom in on the last month, they've been really good against running backs. Everyone that played ETN and cash last week felt that. So, you know he's a guy that I think you know the ceiling every week. We know the pass catching role, you know, most weeks is there 26 and 22 touches in their last two games. So I think you trust volume, you trust talent. And on a week slate, like let's say for some reason, CMC fails and Derek Henry doesn't get there. Dalvin cook has a path to be the top scoring running back on the slate. And I definitely want a piece of that. So I think if you're not playing Kirk cousin stacks, playing Dalvin either as a one-off and moving on or Dalvin correlated with someone else on the Viking side makes a lot of sense frustrating thing about Dalvin and I have him in dynasty um, you know big big Dalvin guy you've always been a big Dalvin guy as well Madison is getting enough where they give him drives and that's so frustrating because one they they have the same hairstyle and they both have those singular worst they have a singular numbers now so every single time you see a Madison play you're like oh sweet oh nope it's Madison and he looks almost as good like what like 85 percent 90%. He's the guy that every time Dalvin's out, we're just like, yep, play Madison. So yeah, I'm with you. That is the absolute worst, by the way. Because like on red zone or whatever, if they flip to the game, you're like, oh, there he goes. And then they say, oh, Alexander Madison, 20-yard run. Sweet. He's a free agent next year, so that'll be interesting. Um, Let's talk about the Lions running backs. DeAndre Swift was somebody I was with you. Like, sweet, let's play him. Uh, I could play him in cash. I was excited. Now, beyond just the injury... It's really hard in cash to play a Monra, Swift, and Goff all in a cash lineup. So in a GPP, you know, if you're in a large field tournament, how would you attack the Lions side knowing that, you know, they're our Lions and everybody loves them and they're super cool now and everybody wants to be on trend by stacking Lions? I can tell by the way you're asking that question is that you want me to say whatever the contrarian option is, which I do have a contrarian take for this Lions side. That said, I do think you can play Swift with Goff if Swift is not going to be popular, if Swift is going to be super popular, I don't want to play a 15% golf and an 18% Swift in the same lineup. If that makes sense. The reason I'm saying you can use him is because he's getting a lot of volume in the passing game and he's getting high value touches around the goal line. We know that when they get in super close, it's Jamal Williams every time, but he'll still get red zone looks. So I think it's okay. I think you have to play Amon Ra if you're playing golf because his ceiling doesn't get there without Amon Ra. I mean, the matchup is incredible. For St. Brown, no defense is allowed. More receiving yards to wide receivers. What does this guy do? Catch eight plus passes a game and racks up yards left and right. So I love Amon Ra, obviously. But I also love DJ Chark. Again, he was my dart throw in the DFS pass last week. 
five for 98. Minnesota's dead last explosive pass rate allowed over the last four weeks. Last two weeks since he's been healthy, 17.7 ADA is what I want to chase in GPP. So I think you can play Goff, Amon Ra, and DJ Chark and create a little bit of leverage with Chark in your lineup. Yeah, you're hoping for a long bomb. I think that beginning of the year when we were given our takes and I like Chark in best ball, I just said there will be games where Chark, you know, hits that 100-yard mark and he gets the touchdown. Um, and, you know, Amon Ra goes 7 for 78. And you're you're just trying to find that. So I don't mind if you want to double stack. Uh, you can use Chark as leverage. I think I'm still going to wait on Jamison Williams. I've been out the entire year of just at any point drafting him and trading for him, whatever. It's just I'm still going to wait on it. Um, yeah, any other thoughts about this game? We didn't talk too much about Thielen or Hawkinson. Thoughts there? Um, Thielen's still running the full amount of routes. So in a large field tournament, I think he's interesting from just a game theory standpoint, but Hawkinson's in a great spot in a great matchup. He's too cheap on DraftKings. Um, revenge game? Yeah, and the revenge game. So this guy was born for this game. So I, I can't say anything negative about Hawkinson. I think Thielen, you can kind of say if he doesn't get the touchdown, then he's worthless. But um, yeah, I don't mind him on FanDuel at 6,400 if you want to use him as kind of a, a leverage point. I think he's got a good price on DK too, 4900 We talked about Zay Jones probably being popular, like easy leverage there, just spend up $200. So I like him. I would not play Thielen and Hawkinson personally in the same lineup because I think the way those guys get there for a tournament is they're probably catching at least one, probably two touchdowns to pay off their tag. So for me, it's Kirk, if you're going to stack him, Jefferson, one of Thielen and Hawkinson. Totally fine with that. I will take Minnesota Moneyline. Was there ever a doubt? No, I knew you were going to do that. I'm scared to not take the Lions, but also terrified to take the Lions because this was Jag or not Jags. This was that was last week. This was Vikings minus one on Sunday, wasn't it? Before right. the week ended. So there's so much money that poured in early, which means sharp money. I'm going to take the Lions minus two and a half and I am terrified. I'll be honest. This is one of those games where it's like either team. You can like start going down a path of convincing yourself like, oh, here's what going to do. And nobody, I don't, I don't care who you are, nobody can feel fully confident because these teams are terrifying like they could easily blow it. Well, isn't it wild that this is how the market values the Vikings and they're the number two seed right now in the NFC? Our Vikings, you know, they, they win this. And they our win, Lions. I know. No, not our Lions. No, our <laughs> Vikings. You know, if they win this game, they, my win, Lions. they win the North, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I cash my, my NFC North. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's double up. Next game, Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. We have a AFC North battle. The Bengals are six-point home favorites. The over-under is 47. When these two teams played week eight, it was Halloween night. The Browns won 32-13. And I remember this game because I remember walking around our kids trick-or-treating and Jason watching it on his phone the entire time because he hopes that Evan McPherson would kick two field goals. He, he did not. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Evan McPherson ruined Jason's Halloween. <laughs> um, somehow Joe Burrow's 0-4 against the Browns. I don't care about the statistic anymore. It's a different game. It's a different quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I worry a little bit about this game from uh, you know a stacking standpoint because both teams can be super effective running the ball. We know Cleveland wants to run the ball. That's like what they would prefer to do. And... They're the worst at stopping the run. So there's a game scenario here where this game hits the under or you just see the clock milk from one of the teams. For sure. I could totally see that. I mean, you know, you think about the total 47. It is the second highest in the slate, but it's not that high. And like you said, we have efficiency concerns with the Browns passing attack. Deshaun Watson against the Houston Texans completed about 50% of his passes. Again, one game, obviously he was out for two years or whatever. I think it'll get better. But, you know, I'm scared to play it until I see it sort of thing, especially considering that the Bengals have quietly been really good on defense, especially like pressure rate. They're, they're getting after the passer. Um, they're seventh against quarterbacks in fantasy. So like it's not a great matchup for Watson and they're top 10 in EPA for pass defense. So I kind of like the Cincy D as a sneaky way that you say this game fails and move on. Um but that's just kind of one angle of it. What are you seeing in this game? You might have been reading my pace of play article where I talked about that the Bengals have the 10th highest pressure rate. They're top 10 in EPA per pass attempt. 
like if the Browns get a negative game script here and Chubb doesn't get 25 carries or whatever, then I think that there is a scenario where the Bengals defense, it gives you a lot of leverage on Burrow stacks because I think that's how people will approach this game is double stacking Burrow and bringing it back with Chubb or bringing it back with Cooper on the other side or a cheaper DPJ. I, I just, I think this game can fail. I agree. I think it de- definitely can fail for sure. That said, you know, we love Mixon. Joe Burrow is going to target the running back position. So we like him for cash. And, it, you know, I always just approach this kind of like Derrick Henry. Like if the field for some reason is not on Joe, uh, Joe Burrow double stacks, fire up Jamar Chase, fire up T Higgins. Last I saw, we'll see what happens, you know, as you listen to this Friday evening, what happens with uh, Denzel Ward, but he was in on the injury report this week again. So if he's out, even more confidence in those wide receivers efficiency. But we know the ceiling's there any week. Again, second highest total. Their team total is 26 and a half. Very healthy on this slate. So there's a lot of ways I could see this game going. But I think you just trust the upside of, of a bro double stack in a tournament. At least take your shot. Yeah, I, I think Bengals, one of those guys is going to get there. And Chase impressed me last week, not just from playing, you know, 80 plus percent of the snaps, but he just looks spry. He just looked, he looked like Chase. So yeah, he looked great. I think you can go any route you want with that. Uh, yeah, I, I this this game, it kind of depends on how do you predict the game flow. If you pick the correct one, then I think you can do it right, but there's also a lot of traps here. Um, anything else you want to say from the Cleveland side? Like, I'm not stacking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the thing is it's going to project very well, which is what it did last week. But, you know, like we said, since he's been good and this is on the road – for whatever reason, Amari Cooper doesn't perform on the road. I don't know. Don't ask me. I just, I hate it, but that's a thing. And then, you know, DPJ, like I could see him getting somewhat popular because of his price 4,900. And that's a player that when popular, I don't want to play. So I don't have a ton of interest in the the Cleveland side outside of Nick Chubb, just because we know his ceiling any week is, is massive. So for me, not a ton on the other guys. I think Nick Chubb is my preferred play, especially on FanDuel. If I'm going to play him. Oh, also T. Higgins. Just play T. Higgins. I just, that should be an unwritten rule every week. Yeah, I just had to put it in there because I, I see some people from HR that are here breathing over my neck saying, hey, you haven't mentioned T. Higgins. Corporate's after you again, huh? Yeah, HR is a rough department here. Just They're the worst. When I go, when I pass by that wing of our studio, you know, all those offices, all those people with all that paperwork, it's it's scary. You just turn around? Yeah, I just, I don't want to go on that wing of our building. You know, or just our massive, massive building with 30 floors of employees that we all have. Uh, yeah, makes sense. I'll take Bengals minus six. I will as well. Last game. This game could go either way, but I love it from a pace standpoint. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are nine and a half point home favorites, and the over-under is only 43 and a half. So you might hear this game and go, okay, this sounds like a dud. It's a rematch from when these two teams played in week nine and the Jets won that game. 2017, Josh Allen was sacked five times. He had two INTs. He didn't even throw a passing touchdown and he ended up on the QB three on the week from just two rushing scores. So he's Josh Allen. He's awesome. Here's why I like this game. Both of these teams rank top five in seconds per play. And I mentioned this stat earlier this week, but in five Mike White starts over the last two years, the Jets are averaging 76 plays per game Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Except the one caveat we have to say is that there could be weather in this game. So uh, I can't give a full meteorologist uh, report right now. I'm not qualified, but I think a lot sets up well in this game. Yeah, just monitor that. You know, we're not here to say shy away from it because of the weather, but Kyle and I were talking last night and we were like, yeah, like it's just enough to mention on the pod. It's like 40 degrees is kind of what it looks like, but you know, 80% chance of precipitation, like a mix of rain. And snow with like 15, 20 mile an hour winds. So just monitor. We talked about weather two shows ago with the Garrett Wilson explosion against Chicago. And it's like, you know, it matters, but it doesn't matter that much. So if it gets out of hand, let's adjust. If it stays the way it is right now, I'm fine to play into it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with you. Like, you know, Mike White is a guy that I have questions about from an efficiency standpoint this week as nine and a half point underdogs on the road. But the passing volume should be there. And Garrett Wilson is a stud. So I'm playing Garrett Wilson in cash, I think. And shout out to our boy, Marv, Marv Eloquin. He writes a, a dynasty report every week, which is awesome. I love it. I read it every single week. Go check it out. And it's about the rookies this year and then like guys to look for kind of next year. But he was talking about his model, which is expected fantasy points, looking at the guys from this past week. And I messaged him. I was like, you realize in your article, you said 
Garrett Wilson still underperformed relative to your expectations. He's like, yeah, dude, he should have been better than what he was last week. And he went for what like over 120 or something ridiculous yards. I don't even know what it was. So uh, he's great. I'm going to play Garrett Wilson. I love him in the spot. You, my friend, are interested in Corey Davis, it sounds like. I, Talk to me. I think that there is a third Jets option. If you want to stack Mike White, that's fine. I think there's a third Jets option this week that's going to come through. I don't know who it is. Uh, Corey Davis saw 10 targets last week, fifth most routes run at the wide receiver position. He's on the field. Um, I know he was absent Wednesday with an illness, but you know he should be back. Elijah Moore, you know he saw a major snap increase. I, I think he's interesting as a dart throw in, in large field. And then the running backs, like we're seeing a major uptick in targets for the running back position. Michael Carter should be back. I feel like all of those guys are probably going to cancel each other out, but Davis is my favorite of the group if you want to double stack. Uh, I just think there's a lot of value here considering the fact that the Bills' defense is bad in the secondary. Is that Am I allowed to say that? I think they've been a little overrated based off of what we thought about them in the preseason and early in the year. Recently, they have not been great. You know, specifically to speak to the matchup for Elijah Moore, the slot wide receiver has been really good against Buffalo since week eight. They've allowed the fourth most PPR points per game to slot wide receivers. So those guys are interesting. You know, they'll move their wide receivers around the field. So I don't mind taking a shot on one of Davis or Moore, especially because they're so cheap. I mean, 3,500, 3,700, you know, they don't have to do that much to pay off their tag in a game environment we like because you have to throw on the bills if you want to have a chance. Speaking of moving people all around the field, I think this matchup for the Bills, people will see some of the numbers and they'll go, oh no, it's Sauce Gardner. Um, Sauce Gardner doesn't shadow and he stays on one side of the field. And the thing about Diggs that I love when offensive coordinators do this, it's what the Falcons used to do with Julio, it's what the Packers did with Devontae Adams, is they start to move their best player around the field, especially into the slot. So you have in here that last week, 43% of his snaps were in the slot uh, or against the Jets earlier this year. They're moving him around. So is it going to be as simple as Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the field is just going to bring it back with Garrett Wilson? I think that's what the field is going to do. I'm not saying it's wrong if you want to play into that and just kind of get different elsewhere. You know, the the tricky thing is, though, when you do that, you're probably going to be playing into at least one, maybe two chalky wide receivers, and I hate doing that in the same game. So it's a small slate and I wouldn't hate anyone for doing it. It's just, to me, it's not my preference. So I think if I am going to do that, I want to double Josh Allen to get different because no one's going to play Gabe Davis. He hasn't been great, honestly. And Dawson Knox for as awful as he's been, you just need a touchdown, right? So I'm fine to keep him in my pool for large field tournaments just because he's so cheap, especially on DraftKings. It, it kind of depends. And this is the way I've been thinking about DFS a lot this year is just the combined ceiling of a stack. And you compare that to roster percentage. So, I already took the over, spoiler alert, on this game um, from just a... I looked at it from a pace standpoint. I understand the weather. It's probably not great. You could wait on it. I took the over earlier on in the week. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that stack, when you think about other stacks on this slate of what people are playing, like I think that's going to be top three. I think people will play Burrow and you know maybe Higgins just because he's a little cheaper than Chase. Um, I think people play Goff and Amon Ra probably the most of all stacks. And then, you know, people play Hurts, A.J. Brown. Uh, they'll throw in some Mahomes and Kelsey, whatnot. But I think that you're looking at top three stack. But even that, it's just a question of what is their combined ceiling. And if Allen rushes for a score and Diggs catches two touchdowns, I don't care what the field's doing. That's true. I, I kind of disagree, though, in terms of how the field is going to approach this. I think they see the low total. You think about the Jets, everyone's like, oh, the Jets secondary is so good this year. You know, and when they played last time, the game environment wasn't great because the Jets were just hiding Zach Wilson. And Josh Allen got there, but not from a passing standpoint, it was all rushing. So I would not be surprised if because of his salary, Josh Allen comes in fifth, sixth, seventh in a roster percentage report. And if that is the case, I plan to aggressively target Josh Allen's stacks. On FanDuel, Josh Allen's 8,700. So he's going to be boosted there. Stephon Diggs is 8,500. So I think on FanDuel, they will be super popular. Um, on DraftKings, you might have a different conversation, so you might be right on there. But yes, my Vegas take is I will take the over. I will take the Jets with a lot of confidence. 10 points is a lot in the NFL these days, so give me the Jets plus the points. All right. Before we get into our props, let's talk about our slate breakers for Week 14. And We had a pretty big sponsor, or at least they used to be a big deal. They're uh, searching for cash these days. 
But our sponsor this week for our slate breakers is none other than the famous brand and one. Oh, the and one mixtape tour. Oh man, there's a great documentary out there if you want to watch that. I saw it. I watched when I had COVID about a month ago. I was stuck by myself and I watched it. It was great. It was pretty good. The backstory and everything else. Did you have? Now here's the real question. Did you have an and one T-shirt that was the cutoff version? Kyle, do you know me at all? Of course I did. I probably had three of those things. I never met you. I don't know. I'll bring it with next week. <laughs> I had one that was, and I didn't like Duke basketball at the time, but I just had like a, an and one like cutoff shirt that had the Duke logo on the back and was some, you know, what their logos look like, like some drawn character that was like all, you know, tough and, and whatnot. So and one was pretty cool for a while. They did a really good job considering they had to battle all the, the big daddies, uh, Nike and, and everybody else. But and one was fun for a little while. It was, and if you didn't have some of their gear, like, you know, sorry, <laughs> that, that was the point in life. We didn't have it. You were just on the outside looking in. It was cool that there was an era for a lot of kids in the 90s, early 2000s, where you were getting introduced to street ball, like NBA Street or any other games that you would play, where it's like, this is the kind of basketball that I love, and then you get to see other people do that. So, I mean, they would sell out arenas. They were a big deal. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. They didn't do a good job playing or paying all their performers, but whatever, uh, who's your slate breaker this week? On that note, <laughs> give me Tyler Lockett. I love him in this spot. 6,500 on DraftKings is so cheap for a guy that truthfully, based off his game log, should be 7,500. I mean, that's the, the discount we're getting. Uh, wide receiver seven and half PPR leagues since week five, touchdown in five straight games. The reason I love him in this spot, I love Gino. So why not bring Lockett with? Because Carolina is running zone defense at over a 70% clip since week 10. Tyler Lockett splits man versus zone. They're, he's good against both, but 13th in the league in yards per route run against zone coverage, seeing just under 65% of his targets on the year against zone coverage. So in zone looks, Lockett is the dude for Geno. I like that stack this week against Carolina. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb from my home state of Georgia, originally from Cedartown, Cedarton. Um, he's way too cheap on FanDuel, 8400 Last week, do you know what his price was last week? I truthfully have no idea. 9600 And I know I usually get prices wrong, but that's actually what it was last week. So his price dropped. <laughs> I know he was 8K on DraftKings, but I didn't look at his way on FanDuel. Yeah, he, he was, was so expensive. super expensive because of the matchup. It was Texans last week. And so this is an egregious price drop considering that Nick Chubb against these Bengals, this is what he did last time they, they faced each other. 23 carries, 101 yards, two touchdowns. He is the FanDuel. He is Derrick Henry-esque. And I think he's actually running at a better rate, better clip. Everything else, Cincinnati is 29th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs over the last six weeks and six. And since week six, they're 31st in EPA per rush. So I think this is an eruption spot for Nick Chubb. I will be playing him on FanDuel a lot, and I think he can break this. I think he can be the RB1 on this slate. Yeah, I could see it. If he falls in the end zone twice, goes over 100, absolutely. All right, let's prop it up. Prop it like it's hot. If you want all of our props, you can get them in the DFS pass. Bets gets to give the alerts in our Discord so that they're hot, they're fresh, they're ready. I'll start us off with one that's actually included in there. It's my boy Corey Davis. Somebody, Something that I would never think I would say, Corey Davis. His receiving yardage line is 37.5. Last week, he had 85 yards. He had 10 targets. And I said earlier, he ran the fifth most routes among all wide receivers. He's on the field. We love Mike White because of the increased passing volume. And we've mentioned the Bills against wide receivers have been very, very bad. They're 29th in schedule adjusted fantasy points this year. So I like the over of his receiving yardage line, 37 and a half. And I think that's already moving. I believe it is because it's been in the article for about uh, two hours at this point. So yes, I'm with you. I like that. Just be careful of the juice. If it gets, if this moves to like, let's say 38, 39, 40, would you still take it? Um, I'd be interested. I, I think that's a really low line, like considering what the volume is. It's a betting on the weather, um, you know, if, if things go south. So there is, a, there is a scenario where this goes bad, but uh, I love the line where we got it at. Um, and so yes. everyone else is like, oh, cool, cool, Kyle. You got the line early. Just bragging left and right. So cool. Um, I'm going to take Joe Burrow, Joseph Burrow, over 15 and a half rushing yards. I found this on DraftKings at minus 110. This line is just not high enough for what he's been doing. The books are not adjusting to his new role in this offense. They are third in pass rate over expectation, 
And what they're doing is putting him in shotgun a ton and actually using him as a design runner. And he's scrambling more than he was last year. Makes sense. You know, last year, just one run over 10 yards. This year, he already has eight. And he has 30 design run, runs this year for perspective, 19 all of 2021. So give me Joe Burrow over 15 and a half rush yards. We know Cleveland is not good against the run. I'll take Joe Burrow. Yeah, if you want to get more of those props, we just added a couple more right before the show. We'll get to add some on Friday. Uh, it's a great way, especially in our Discord channel, to talk that out with people and to have a, have a sweat together uh, for an NFL game. Let's finish off with the mailbag. Mailbag. If you want to get your questions answered best, it's in the Discord channel, in our DFS channel. We also have a props one. That is just for DFS past members or join the foot.com members. This first runs from discord at DD3377. Love the content. When entering contests, do you use a tiered system? For example, 60% double ups, 20% triple ups, 10% quintuple ups, 10% GPP. That way, when your cash lineup goes off, you make a bit more. So my personal philosophy is that I play about 60 to 75%, depending on the slate, uh, in cash, which means double ups and head to heads and the rest go to GPPs. I typically don't play in the triple ups or the quintuple ups or any the other ups, just the double ups for me. So yes, I am mostly a cash game player, but like I said, for me, it's slate context dependent. If I think there's a big edge in cash, I'll play more. If I think there's less, I'll play more GPPs. What about the seven ups? How do you feel about that? Not a big soda guy. So I'm out. Okay. I'm not a big soda guy either. I just, I, it's fine. It's like, I mean, LaCroix, not a sponsor, but you and I are both. Let's just like, cheers. Let's cheers each other through the through the screen right now. It's great for audio. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, I play. You know, I think recently I've been more like 70 cash, um, and I the triple ups are fine, but it kind of depends on what type of GPP. So we talk a lot about contest selection. We have articles on the site about contest selection. I think the hardest thing for people is they're not playing in enough small fields. This is something that Betts is really good at and kind of discusses on the reg is find those small small fields, you know, 200, 300, maybe up to 500 people and single entry, you can find yourself being pretty profitable where you're having a, I don't know, a cash lineup and then maybe two or three changes. You're not trying to get too crazy with hitting the nuts. So that's kind of where we are at. Next one on Twitter from at sports 716, the Jets and Seahawks running back situation has me in a blender is that just to stay away completely and pay up for two running backs? Right now, the Jets situation is really tough because, like we said, Michael Carter is practicing in full. And there was a report from The Athletic earlier this week after the game from this past week saying uh, Bam Knight should still keep the lead role even when Carter comes back. But I think Ty Johnson is still going to mix in for some passing work. So it just creates a nasty three, you know, three-way RBBC that I can't go there personally. As for the Seahawks, it's it's one that I'm looking to fade personally. If Travis Homer is the dude, I want to fade it. If it's Tony Jones, Brooks James, whatever, Junior, whatever his name is, I will also be looking to fade that because he'll be very, very popular in cash. And I think I think he'd be cash viable. Don't get me wrong. If he was the dude, it's just that I don't think he's great personally. He's and, not good. And I love Geno Smith this week. So for me, it'd just be a, a, a way to create leverage. Yeah, I think for me, I just like those passing attacks way more. And love Seahawks from a fishing standpoint, love the Jets because of the volume and the, the amount of plays. So I just don't think you have to go there at all. Um, I did get a question earlier about that same Seahawks game. If you knew that Dante Foreman was healthy, he's an interesting play in that game. Uh, if you want to do stack Gino and then bring it back with Foreman. Uh, I had some Discord members that really pointed that out to me and I was able to look deeper into the matchup. And I think he's fine for tournaments. You can do that if you want to instead of trying to guess the right Seahawk. Um, next question that makes me very happy that this is on here. This is from at go on Volt on Twitter. At what point is Russell Wilson an interesting GPP play? I have no comment. This you is don't. all for you, man. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I'm terrified to say this. Uh, I think Russell Wilson could work in a GPP this week. You are a sick individual, Kyle. Go ahead. Okay. Stay with me. Okay. Greg Dulcich. We think he's going to be pretty popular in cash, right? I think so. Jerry Judy, do you think he's going to gain some steam with Cortland Sutton likely out? Probably, 5,400, good tag. Kendall Hinton, 
you know, maybe some people play him as a cheapy one-off, right? Yep. Why not, instead of some guy named Patrick Mahomes, play Russell Wilson as the stacking option? Okay, I get it. It sounds stupid. Let me at least say this. (laughs) The Chiefs, they're 27th against fantasy quarterbacks, and they're seeing the third highest opponent pass rate. If you take out that Malik Willis game, do you remember that game where he's just worthless? Yeah. Opponents are averaging 37 pass attempts per game. What if we finally get Russell Wilson to be average? Just average. Not like great, but average. Based on fantasy expectation, that's about 19 to 20 points. So, What's his salary? Do you know? I don't know. I haven't even looked I, it up. I will I look like, it up. Hold on. I'll look it up. You I keep thought, talking. I thought it was too crazy to even mention. I didn't want people to turn off the podcast. Oh, wow. 5,100. That is, that's basically like you're barely in the league. I mean, there's players that are not even starting, I'm assuming, that are that are above him, right? He's the same price as Brock Purdy. He's $100 cheaper than Kenny Pickett. I just, I think it's not the craziest thing. They're nine-point home dogs, so it's not set up super well. But Kansas City is a team that you just have to throw on a ton. And variance-wise, I think he has hit the worst. I mean, they've hit their team implied total twice this year. We joke about it on Tuesday's show. But I think it's not the craziest thing you could ever do. Yeah, I get. Okay. I mean, I'll he has this, just though. one game of two touchdown passes. Like he has to have, he has to have two at least, and probably needs three to compete and really get there. So, I, if he beats me, he beats me. And last time I said that, Mac Jones had a great game. So you should play some Russell Wilson. Like, like put it this way, just just for context, I'm assuming there's no way that you would stack Kenny Pickett this week. Uh, no, I don't have a lot of interest in that. Yeah. Brock Purdy, are you planning on stacking him? No. Okay. So all I'm saying is at this price point, if they keep pace at home, I think that game could be closer than you think against a defense that we, you know, Broncos defense that we like. So just trying to get weird here. Okay. It's week 14. We need to have something weird happen for Russ, right? Let's hope so for my best ball exposures. Last question here from SR Wildman from Discord. What got you started down the DFS rabbit hole? Three guys named Andy, Mike, and Jason. Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, people may not know this. The DFS side of things was on the back burner for the company. And, you know, we had some turnover with the co-hosts and all that stuff. And they were like, Bets, Kyle, what are your thoughts? You take over the DFS podcast, get into the DFS pass, start writing, and see where it goes. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this sounds like a sweet opportunity, but I haven't taken DFS seriously ever. Like I would play, but I never analyze it the way I do now. And honestly, from the moment we started, I loved it. So if it wasn't for those three, I don't know if this podcast would be here. We were fortunate too, that at that point, DFS was not legalized in Arizona. So Mike would do the show, fun fact, but he couldn't play legally. Like he literally, he could do all the salary, do all the stuff, but he couldn't play simply because he wasn't allowed. So you and I were really fortunate in that from the hosting standpoint. I've been playing since, you know, 2014, 2015, um, casually. Uh, then I played in a friends league a little, you know, early on where that was fun and I had some success. I think what started changing it for me is looking at players and projections as I do this already with fantasy and already do this, you know, I was part-time with the ballers. And it's like, I get to do this at a different level, but it's the game theory that I think you and I love. It's just a different way than redraft or dynasty or best ball. And I love getting to think about what the field's going to do. So our off season shows are some of my favorite to talk through and explain to the people. I think you and I both have a teaching mindset. So that's part of it. And then the story that I've shared before is I got really lucky early on, like really lucky where I won a tournament. And so uh, those are the kind of things that stay with you where you go, Man, maybe I'm good at this. And that's kind of how Andy's staying with it, right? He won a million dollars, and so we split a million dollars. And yep. now he's, uh, yeah, that's. And now he's dressing up every Friday. That's that's how it works, people. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, plus bets. We have our 600-person contest that is live right now, and we'll be adding more contests throughout the weekend. We want to play with you, and we think it's super fun. And... I mean, we teased it earlier, but Betts and I will be together live in studio next week. Uh, We'll get to record our podcast, and then Friday we'll be live. Uh, We'll get to share more about that. You'll see it on social media. We'll talk about it on Tuesday's show. But we'll even have a contest for that uh, because 
that Thursday night game, you and I are going to be sweating together for the very first time. It's going to be magical, dare I say. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be a good week. I'm excited. Yeah, you people get pumped. Uh, you know, what could be better than two people who talk about fake football for a living that are dads that meet for the very first time at the airport and go, hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, you, you want to go? I mean, like, anyway, now I'm a hugger. You'll get a, you'll get a big hug. I'll just, you know, I'll just look at me on social media. I'll vlog it for you. Everyone will get to see. <laughs> you just put it, put it live, live for your TikTok bets, all your TikTok followers. Exactly. All right. Sign us off, my friend. Yes. What a week. I'm excited for next week. It's going to be great. Congrats to Justin for winning the DFS pass. If you want one, which let's be honest, you do, you can go buy it or you can leave us rating your review. We'll give the winner out on Tuesday. And then we have a really fun show next week for you guys. Stay tuned. Good luck to everyone in week 14. We'll catch you next Tuesday. listening to another edition of the fantasy footballers dfs podcast don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com